This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's Hi, it going? Rich. Hi, Rich. Hi, folks. Yeah, good week. All good here, glad to say. Yeah, managed to get out on my bike for the first time this wow. year. Wow. New Year's I'm resolution, not, is this? The New Year's resolution. How long will it last? Uh, well, as long as, as, long as, as long as I don't fall off, basically. Yeah. That, was the highlight, that was the highlight of my week. Let's just you should say. have a but, chat uh, to Dave Diamond. He can tell you all about bikes and yeah, falling off them. No offense, right. Dave. Do you recall Dave's big injury? No, go on. Oh, well, I don't want to open up the, you know, this is like 999 Lifesavers or something. Dave had a problem. Didn't he do the football tour thing? The Hampstead was there. And he, yes. I think he did an yes. elbow thingy. It did. I remember Fortunately, it now. Fortunately, he's, oh, he's all recovered. No. He's now got a robotic yeah. arm, I think. Um, <laughs> but he can and, tell you all about cycling. And he's two-footed as well. And wow. he's two-footed, I've heard, yeah. That's, that's... And Stat can tell you about cycling as well, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, good no, on no. you. There and back again, and in one piece. That's the object. It is, it's not. It's a time survival, but, but not in the not in the conventional sense. Absolutely. No, it's been a good week. It's been great, and uh, plenty to reflect on. As I say, one game a week at the moment. Um, Blackburn last week, which was um, we did say we did mm. warn everyone. Armstrong was the danger man, and um, so it turned out. But uh, still, it was a uh, you know brave, hearty soul who made the long trip up there. You know, just hats, sat in hats. the gods. Yeah, exactly. Hats off to them. Um, it was interesting. Um, the thing, a few quick strands, just moving swiftly onto it. We're not going to dwell on Blackburn too much, but it's been talked about before. The patterns, um, the second goal following on from the first, which is the one that seems to kill us, yeah. and the, the opposition halftime switch, where they focus their danger on what they think is our weakness, as we saw against Bristol City and we saw against Queen's Park Rangers. I was joking at one stage, wondering whether we needed to, we were chatting about this before we recorded, whether we should maybe have four fullbacks in the 6-3-1 formation, just to say, just to shut down the flanks, just kill them all together, just want to play, just have a team full of defensive fullbacks and that's it. Nothing's going to get through. Circle the wagons. You but, say uh, that, we'll still find a way to concede, <laughs> won't we? Yeah, we'll give away a yeah, penalty again. Yeah. And it's just, it's really frustrating because 
I admit I listened to the first half. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I was tempted to go, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, and it sounded like Blackburn were getting sight. So we, we weren't watertight. Let's put it that way. But we were in the yeah. game, and Keane had his chance as well. Um, mm. Rounded the keeper and probably could have got a penalty if he'd gone down there. But <laughs> Scoose had done a good enough job on Dak. But we just give chances yeah. away. We just make mistakes. It was Collins or Scoose, and then Elder for this penalty is wrong sided and. It's just frustrating how we actually keep ourselves in contention for big mm. chunks of the game. And then it's just one moment. Accrington was exactly the same. We've seen it throughout yeah. the season. We just haven't got it in our heads to just keep resilient or to get rid of danger. It's just someone's brain just switches off for a second. Yeah. We're goal down and it's game over. Yeah. And and we get punished. And of course, when you're at the bottom, you can't catch a break. I mean, that handball for the penalty, oh. which wasn't given was as blatant as they come yeah. you know we, you know we, I, I saw i who 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 we got on saturday is the keith strad uh yes right okay yeah was, fun he, times he did, everyone yeah fun times exactly but anyway, anyway but uh you know he's not jeremy simpson let's say that anyway everything is everything is relevant exactly this from the same bit of the venn diagram anyway but anyway, but uh yeah we can't catch a break as well so in that sense you know if you know the, the tiny two percent, the tiny percentages just keep going against us time and time again. Um, Something we we both picked up on, and, and Amy mentioned it on the flagship show, is this yeah. lack of potency up front. This, yeah. We're yeah. just not creating chances, and yeah. we've seen it. All of our striking options appear to be isolated up front. It's just, yeah. I think we've probably got a question about this, but I'll ask it anyway. And we we did kind of joke, you joke there about doubling up on the fullbacks, but actually, do we accept that we just can't keep clean sheets and we should? properly go for it and try and just outscore the opposition are we at that point yet or does Hurst uh, sorry Lambert persevere and try to build this kind of solidity and the goals will come I just I'm not seeing it we haven't been had a goal threat all season have we now, the standard model is you start at the back, you get a tight, you know, that's what Mick did, you get it organised at the back and then you build out from there Um, but Amy's point, I mean is so accurate. I mean, Blackburn had only kept something like one clean sheet in 13 games. And it's, uh, it takes time, particularly in an attacking sense for January signings to click. Um, I was trying to find the quote and I couldn't find where I couldn't stand it up from the internet, but I know Sam Allardyce, I remember him saying once, and I'm certain it was him said it takes two months for January signings to fully bed in. He said it almost as a routine. I think it was, was it might've been a palace at the time, wherever he was. He was kind of, he just said it almost like a, an axiom. It's, oh, just, it takes six to eight weeks. Don't expect it any sooner. So in that sense, getting the January signings in early is good. Yep. Um, and so you have to look at it in that sense. It, it, and, but equally, it might take till mid-February before you see all of these start to click. And to be fair, Paul Lambert echoed that in his press conference. We were doing this on Thursday evening and his, his press conference at Thursday lunchtime. He talked about um, new arrivals having no pre-season the whole issue Joe talked about it on Monday about the you know new arrivals not having match fitness, which Lambert also mentioned. You know it it we're trying to get the camera into focus in an attacking sense, but it and I hate saying it because we've been saying it all season. It takes time, and we're running out of we we are running out of it. Yeah. Um, but um, who knows? It's uh, but we are. It is when I say we're toothless up front. It it does seem that way because Lambert has had to dismantle what he inherited and rebuild. Mm. 
in an attacking sense. So therefore, the lack of a preseason has has caused part of the problem. But as he also said, we're in the fight. There's a little four-team group at the bottom, and we're in there, and um, we're not too far away. So let's not totally give up hope. And you do, you love Lambert, don't you? He talks about it in his press conference. I enjoyed here so much. I want to stay here. You know, he's. It's that news he broke that broke last week about him agreeing the extension. I was my stoke mate Paul was in. We were chatting in the shop about it, and I said. He was in at 11 o'clock and I said to Paul, I said, in many ways, relegation and staying up is less important than Lambert staying. Because I was more worried about us dropping and no Lambert and then suddenly Evans being left loose with another manager and God knows what they do. Um, Whereas having Lambert there means, well... We can sense, you know, we've got a safety net, we've got some stability. And I, and of course, that, that, it all makes sense. Blackburn as well talked about, picked up on this last week. Blackburn fans picked up on Lambert's sh- series of short-term appointments. And they knew that he wanted something more long-term as well. So in the in a way, it's, you know, he wants a proper project. And boy, has he got one. I mean, I don't know, that's my yeah. six months worth. No, no, show. and <clears throat> the quote that I liked today yeah. was, um, he, he, said, he said this a few times, when, it, when someone gets it yeah. right here at Ipswich, it will be brilliant. And he said something about no shortcuts or cutting corners. And yeah. you kind of get the sense that <clears throat> we may we'll briefly talk about Evan's interview as well, if you want. Um, yeah. And you kind of get the sense that maybe under Hurst, we wanted, we had kind of a way of doing things, but maybe we did it on the cheap or maybe mm. we didn't put necessarily the infrastructure behind Hurst and hoped again, he would do what Mick did and kind of take over control of everything and be the focal point, which I don't think he ever was going to be a step up. So yeah. I think yeah. I totally agree that a continuity is something that we need as well. Um, yeah. I was reading some uh, some stats for promotion from the championship to the Premier League over the last 10 years. And they were saying that um, these are teams which have had the same set of players, the same manager for at least two seasons. They looked at the likes of Derby who chop and change their managers every year, get new players in and try and, you know, refresh all of that stuff. And and they are still in the championship chucking money at promotion. Um, They might do it under Frank Lampard, but this continuity is really important. Um, And I think, bouncing back from League One we'll have a much better chance if we've got someone who's been at the club for so long knows where the deficiencies are has an approach has got the supporters on side hopefully we'll stay on side and it will give us a much better opportunity I think won't it yeah yeah totally agree should we talk Evan's interview then briefly there wasn't masses of stuff new there more the stuff about Hurst there was Mm. a bit of um, a bit of not an apology but an acceptance that maybe some Things hadn't worked out the way he hoped, and maybe I don't think he threw Hurst under the bus, but there was some maybe some contrition about his role in the transfer dealings in the summer. Did yeah. you pick up on that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. My my six was there's two main themes that leapt out of it. What happened in the summer, and then the whole financial model going forward. Mm. I mean, briefly on briefly on Hurst. Um, in overall terms, first I felt. Whereas the summer interview that was was recorded, the video recording, was um, heralded and flagged and trailed and everything, we were all ready to look out for it. And um, this struck me, this this little Q and A struck me as more like it. The cynic in me felt, and I could be wrong, it struck me as a slightly defensive move to mitigate criticism, if which will come his way if he gets relegated. Do you reckon Lambert Maybe. suggested he do it? It could be because Lambert obviously yeah. lost quite a lot of goodwill the the coach thing yeah. last week. But maybe he thought Evan, you know, I think he yeah. probably understands the criticism Evans. He's mentioned it before and has said yeah. it's unfair. Maybe he suggested to him, do you know what? 
Yeah. You should do something. Don't do a video, but maybe put something out there. I don't know. Put something, put something out just so that, because it is a good moment for him. Locking Lambert in for next season at the least, at the very least, is is phenomenally good news. Um, and to be fair, we all, you know, I was one of the cheerleaders for Hurst, this 4141 high industry, using with an industry it was all really exciting. We, you know, we all bought into it. So you can't you can't stick that on Evans. We were all equally guilty. Um, but I wonder... Um, whether looking back, who do you've been more ruthless, Evans? You know, there are questions around his judgment, not just not just this summer, but probably echoing back over the decade. Um, he he did hold his hands up and say that you know it was too much change too quickly. And there is one thing which we'll come on and talk about when we come on to Villa, is when you change a manager and the manager changes the style of football, it's almost like a double change. Mm. Um, so we would not, did not only did we lose Mick and bring in, in Hurst, but we also got rid of one particular pragmatic style of football and brought in, you know, we were trying to change the way we played. So it's not just that the existing players, they're also like new players as well. It's a whole reinvention. We, when we come on to looking oh, at Dean Smith. Look at Bart, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. You know, and it can, well, that can actually, you know, you can't take anything for granted with the existing squad. And there are examples. I always use Wigan as the great one where they went through four managers, something like three years, each had their own model of play. And in the end, they had a dog's dinner of a squad. And I know there are some idiots out there suggesting Lambert should go. Um, if because looking at his results, you know, this, this needs to be questioned. I yeah. mean, thankfully, it's a tiny minority. But what do you know? Do we want four managers in two years and they all bring in their own players? Yeah. Where does that where does that leave you? Yeah, anyway, exactly that's right. le- lecture over. Anyway, but um, the... The financial thing is the problem where I have a problem with Evans, um, and he tried to justify it by talking about the he felt that the, the lack of sustainability of the budgets for teams that either with the parachute money or the, those who are investing to compete with the parachute money, and I I I have a real problem with that because the way I see it, parachute payments every time there's been a new TV deal in the Premiership, it changes the financial paradigm the championship because if you can recoup 10 million you might then invest two but if you can recoup 100 million from a promotion you might then risk a 20 million pound investment plus the fact you can sell the club when it's in the top flight you know when it has all this extra asset value built into it so you know you're laughing so therefore this 20 million investment which he seemed to not not look at it with disdain but he seemed to distance himself from i felt was um you know, I think that that that's flawed logic, um, and he. I always go back to the fact he inherited a top eight championship team, and we have drifted down. And there is a definite link to me with the lack of commensurate financial um, investment as the league has evolved over the decade. And the only way you can compensate. Um, is by using good judgment. At the moment, to me, our model is more akin to Barnsley's than Bristol City's, for example, in terms of the way in terms of the way we're we're set up. And that might be unfair, but if you look at the teams who have done well and who haven't um, thrown money at it, they've all done it through good judgment. Quickly, I've got five quick case studies just to throw to everybody listening. 
Brentford is the great example. They've got a phenomenally sophisticated recruitment model. Ben always talks about the fact they're like waitros when they sell players. They assume yes. that they have added value. There's a cachet to them. There's a cachet to them. We'll talk about Scott Hogan later. Oh, yes. though. <laughs> that, that may not be one. Anyway, um, for, for a Villa striker. They got money for him, though, didn't they? Yeah. So. They won't yeah. care. Case, case study two, Bournemouth. They got to the championship, mostly with lower league players. Cook and Elphick at the time were, were at Brighton. One, I remember when, a, when we used to look at them during the notes, um, Hereford, these, they were all clever lower league acquisitions that Eddie yeah. Howe brought in. So but once, and Gosling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But once they got into the final furlong, the season they went up, Suddenly, Kenwyn Jones appeared. Yes, they they were they were shrewd we enough. To, yeah, exactly. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they were they they put some rocket fuel in just to get them over the line and get them into the Premier League. And then once they've got there, then they've consolidated. Huddersfield, and you can put Huddersfield and Norwich together. Actually, they brought in a sport. Huddersfield brought in a brilliant sporting director, and then brought in lined up a good German manager with good knowledge of German bargains, and they were able to reconfigure. But also, again, you had the coherence, a bit like you now Wolves threw money at it. I'm not drawing the financial parallel with Wolves, but you've got a model where the sporting director, the manager, and the players are all suddenly synchronised. Yes, it's backroom through to, all the way onto the pitch, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, all lined up. Yeah. And whereas, and I draw the parallel with Norwich because the thing where Norwich, the thing I would, I would praise Norwich for is that they are both opportunistic and decisive when moments of crisis have arisen. Yes. They have, they did it with Alex Neal as well, actually, but the two glorious examples were poaching Paul Lambert and Stuart Weber to engineer turnarounds. They looked at it and thought, no, it's not just enough to do a quick fix. We need to step back and think a little bit more strategically. And the final example, and it goes back a little bit, but I haven't forgotten this, was Burnley. They never, they didn't throw a lot of money financially around when they went up they were very lucky the season the first season they went up under Daesh there but the, um they didn't have many injuries but they what they did do in January 2011 they pinched Charlie Austin from under our noses <laughs> yes. and a bit, again a bit like Bournemouth they saw when they saw there was an opportunity the wind the portal had opened and they had a chance to go for it yes. they went they did go for it they were very lucky with injuries that when they went up but they still you know, they they made their luck in many ways. And I just feel time and again, Evans has missed the boat when opportunities to progress have presented themselves. Um, and nobody compelled him to buy the club. <laughs> he didn't have to. You know, you can't say, oh, well, it's, you know, you know, it's mad amounts of money being invested. You work with the rules of the industry that you're in. That that's And that's what we're in. It might be irrational, but that's it. And the other problem then is that if you're underinvesting relative to the rest of the league, it does create the risk of relegation. Yes, you know, swim against the tide, aren't you? Yeah. Exactly. And that was pointed out very directly last season to Ian Milne. I know on one of the Life's a Pitch programs on, on Radio Suffolk it came up. So, you know, we're, we, you know, he can't have been blind to that risk. But anyway, as I say, Paul Lambert is right. I mean, that's my six months worth on Evans. I don't know whether you disagree with any of it. No, no, no I, I don't disagree with any of that, Harry. I, mm. I'm sure there'll be people listening who mm. will be... Listening back to what you said there about the fourteen fifteen January transfer window was yeah. probably Evans' last opportunity yeah. to give us that chance. And you think Bournemouth got Kenwin Jones on loan? I don't know if it was in the January window because I think loans were allowed to be a bit further into the no, season. It was like, later in the season. About it was March, March, wasn't I think. It? Cardiff, Cardiff were utterly mid-table. They had nothing to play for, and they were desperate to shed some cash, get some costs off the balance right. sheet, I should say, or, or off the PL. Yeah. And that was our that was the fourteen yeah. fifteen one was was our last golden opportunity with a good manager. Let's. It's not yeah. beat about the bush. Mick is a good manager. Um, yeah. But with in the end, we picked up some freebies, didn't we? A handful of freebies. Yeah. He all contributed. Um, yeah. And Sears, who's contributed as well for lowly fee. But you imagine bringing in a player with the stature of Kenwin Jones to supplement Murphy um, yeah. and maybe some other quality <coughs> additions around it. That team would have yeah. 
you know, we were top two going uh-huh. into the new year and had a shocking January, uh-huh. if I recall, and a February. Um, and then we're in the playoffs and then, yeah, I think he'll look back at that probably Evans if he ever, if he ever sells up. Yeah, uh, fourteen fifteen was the chance to to get his money for, to yeah. find the promised land and sell the club. Well, that 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 was, that was when the port was open for us. As I say, we don't. I mean, uh, uh, Lambert, to be fair, has been very supportive of Evans because he's backed him to bits in yes. this window, and he's right in the sense that if we're all, you know, if we're in in ten, tennis balls country throwing them uh, on the pitch, oh, which and against the owner, do, and that yeah. worked well for them, didn't it? Yeah, no, it doesn't help. You said it. At the on the flagship show a couple of weeks ago, that all these protests, you know, you know, you won't defenestrate an owner. They generally tend to stick around. So, but you don't want to dwell on it. But it's just purely because of the fact that Marcus has popped his head up this week. I thought, well, let's just deal with it. Mm. We're not going to we're not going to become a protest vehicle or anything like that. I wouldn't do that. But let that that's it's it is reasonable to fairly assess what he has done and move on. Yeah. So um and as I say we'll come back to it in the summer once once we when we reflect on the season. Anyway, yep. there it is. Yep. Well talking about um Paul Lambert, <laughs> um I'm trying to find a segue. There's many there. Talking about teams with parachute money and mm. talking about teams with maybe an off the field approach that doesn't really correlate with what's going on the pitch. Let's mm. talk Aston Villa. Um, I've been looking forward to this one. Um, yeah. Apologies in advance to everyone if I um, drift into a, a bit of a West Midlands drawl, but that happens a bit naturally now. I've lived up here for quite a while. Um, <laughs> Villa are strange, aren't they? Really, like a mm. big club. Let's not be around the bush. Villa are a big club. Anyone who's not been to Villa Park is going on, on Saturday. It mm. is a big stadium. The whole end, when it's full, is fearsome. When yeah. there's an atmosphere there, it's fearsome. I've I've been there for European nights. I've had a second city derby against Birmingham City. Oh, wow. That is a chunky atmosphere um, yeah. for the championship. Um, however, um, when things are not going well at Villa Park, either because there's a run of form similar to what they're on at the moment or within the match because they've got a high expectation of stuffing an opposition and it's not going their way. The crowd at Villa Park will turn. They will let their feelings be known. And I'm sure probably, Harry, you've, in your research, have found an opinion of a single player where someone says, oh, he was brilliant last week. He was the star man. And maybe two other opinions will go, he needs he needs chucking out the team. We need to sell yeah. him, and <laughs> and that's Villa kind of summed up. Um, it's yeah. not working out at the moment. They're on a bit of a bad run, particularly at home. I think their yeah. last win at home was actually against Birmingham in November, yeah. Um, and one win in five, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and this bloated squad as well. It's just where do we start with this, Harry? Where should, where should we start? It's, um, I could go back through the team from our one or draw. Back in August, I think it was. Um, but maybe we... I mean, it's shuffled around a little bit and the formation's yeah. changed. But the key yeah. men, really, um, McGinn, Grealish, and someone who didn't play on in August is Tammy Abrams. Is it yeah. worth us focusing yeah. on that, that trio? They're the big... They're the, they're the, they are the main three. Um, I'd probably chuck in another player who won't be playing on Saturday, Axel Twanzebe, the defender, the centre-back. Because it's it's... They are the players, they add quality and they add balance to the team. And it's crazy when you, you saw, every week we talk about this, the, the first question is the balance. You know, mm-hmm. when you start looking for imbalances, they 
they just start falling out all over the place, which is ridiculous in a squad. How many goalkeepers have they got? Was it five? Five. Five, go- five goalkeepers. Yeah. A couple of international thrown in, international keepers thrown in as well. It's um, all of them as bad as each other. And uh, yeah, the keeper yeah. is spot. We'll talk about the keepers because you yeah. talked about the keepers in the last game, I think. Yeah. Um, but in terms of this unbalanced squad, this was the same last season. Bruce was definitely just chucking as many of the yeah. big names in as he could. Um, yeah. That continued to this season. The team that we played, um, and they were on a 100% record at that point, at the start of the yeah. season. They had Twanzebe, who was playing at right back that day. Mm-hmm. They had Yedinak, who's a holding midfielder playing centre back that day. I think yeah. El Mahamedi was in the midfield as well. I think he might have been playing right mid. Um, has Dean Smith done anything to address this? Is it more round pegs in round holes? or? Well, it goes back, we talked earlier about um, Hurst replacing Mick and the change of style of football. And the real problem, strip, stepping right, right back out and looking just the totality of what's gone wrong. I draw, I've draw. i written down here, it's a football manager case study. You know, we've all played football manager the game. It's great fun. You take on a, prag- a pragmatic team, you know, a Pulis or an Allardyce team that's you know played ugly football. And you think, right, well, I'm going to have them playing 4-3-3 passing football. And of course, the game flatters you. And, you know, you think, oh, you know, after a while, you're kind of careering up the table and it's all looking very beautiful. Um, the reality, and this is a classic case study, the reality is proving brutally different for Dean Smith. He's trying to develop a Brentford model of high intensity, high pressing, passing football with an inherited squad. Mm. And understandably, it has thrown up problems. Um, and I've made a list of this is in simple terms. This is a list of things that aren't working. He doesn't have defenders who can comfortably play the ball out. He's lacking a Ryan Woods or a Josh McEachern to pick up the ball in midfield and drive forward. Midfielders aren't showing for the ball or moving into space. Everything creatively is uncoordinated or disjointed, lacking in tempo. There isn't enough pressing when they're out of possession because the players he's inherited, our poor old Albert Adoma, he doesn't have the legs to be able mm. to do the pressing. You know, this is what you're dealing with. Glenn Whelan in midfield, you know, you know, kind of, he's 35. He's not going to go herring around the field away. You know, you know, you get Griffin Park on a sunny August afternoon and ask Glenn Whelan to do that. You know, it's just absurd. The fullbacks he's got, um, he's got uh, the Scottish uh, Cafu. It's got the Scottish Cafu, Hutton and Taylor. He was at left they're, back, by the way, at the start of the season. But... He, he, he was Sorry. yes, but uh, no. But the problem with them is they try to attack, but then they're incredibly, which is what the model wouldn't demands this 4-3-3 attacking model but unfortunately then they're halfway up the field when the game turns around and they're not you know they're, they're not um, Moses, uh, Moses Adobajo who can absolutely uh, hammer back down into, into a defensive position quickly um, so the, the, they, they've only got one decent striker in Abraham, all of the others are struggling with the model of play they've also then lost Tuanzebe and Grealish to injury which has then highlighted the shortcomings and they are over-reliant on They've got one good player, to, um, Josh McGinn, at the moment. And they, in, sim- in summary, they simply can't match the intensity of what Dean Smith was playing, da- was, was playing down in West London. Also worth highlighting, they're an ageing squad. Mm. Um, Whelan, 35. Hutton, 34. Yedinak, who isn't featuring, 34. Adoma and Elphick are both 31. They're all regulars. Bjarnason is also struggling. He's 30. Al Mohamedy's 31. Kodja Taylor, 29. They just don't have the legs to play the round of football that Dean Smith wants them to play. Mm. And as a result, there are gaskets just popping left, right, and centre. Um, and uh, yeah, I my view, looking, at, as I say, we'll drill into the detail, but. 
my the reality to me looking in from the outside is that this Steve Bruce's team that project will be broken up this summer. Yeah. That project that project is over. They'll definitely yeah. have to sell some as well because yeah. the parachute parachute money ends. It's kind of their their season after Norwich on that front. Um, yeah. They had money troubles before the start of the season as well, so don't mm. put it beyond them to also have issues on that front as well come the summer yeah. as well. But there's a yeah. lot of there's just there's probably on Premier League money. There's some players on chunky yeah. wages as well there. Um, I yeah I yeah I'm probably you're probably right there Harry in terms of it doing being a re- rebuild job. Um, yeah. Should we start the goalkeeper and work our way forward because I do want to yeah. talk about they've got their way through the keepers. We talked it was Nyland at Portman Road yeah. um, who was culpable yeah. a few times um, mm. at that one and Kalinic's played last week against Holland was beaten the ball went underneath him for one of the goals and it went in the near post <laughs> for the other. He came out and flapped at one. Yep. Missed the ball and it looped on top of the net and then he went in. Um, yeah. Their keepers are not good, but then we don't create chances. But yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that Smith's it's not. Raya, Raya did spill one shot for which which we should have in in hindsight. If 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 Keane had gone down and tried to buy the penalty, it would have made more sense. But um, they, last week at Blackburn. Um, now, uh, Nyland is out injured at the moment, so that spared him. The, uh, it's quite a serious injury. He's out for the season. But um, Kalinic, a Croatia international, bought him from Ghent. Um, he was tra- trailed before before January. Um, yeah, he's spilling every shot. Every, he's, sp- he's been spilling every shot no matter how weak. He kicks the ball every time straight to opposition players or straight into touch. Um, but they reckon it's early days. He's only had three games, and he's playing behind a very ropey back four and you've also got then you're also playing in front of a very expectant crowd so yes. suddenly you're going from Belgian football he did play for Hajduk Split before so he knows a little bit about you know that the, the Split Zagreb derby is is fairly lively to say the least flares all over the place um, I've seen videos of it's it's really it's quite a febrile atmosphere but nothing on the scale of, of Villa but um, the whole end will be given him Oh, they will. Yeah, daggers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no suited out, lad. Yeah, eight, eight goals in three games he's conceded, and um, but he has been thrown in. Um, they think ultimately he will come through. They think he's a commanding keeper. He's a strong character who could actually, once he finds his feet, he, they need there's a lack of leadership in the team, mm-hmm. and that's one area they could that that it could work. But again, part of the problem with the distribution is. The defence are not coming back to help him because, again, if you go back to the Brentford model that Dean and Smith is trying to bring in, it's about building out from the back. It's you know, it's 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 working your way, working the ball up through the thirds, and that's simply not happening. Um, but he is again a bit like um, Raya. I would shoot on sight with this guy. I really would because he is you know all it takes is one flap, one missed cross, whatever. They think he they think ultimately he will be good. So playing having him there now rather than having him there in March, I think is much better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So t- let's talk about uh, the centre backs then. Um, yeah, Chester um, played at Portman Road and he played last yeah. week, so I expect him in there. Scored yeah. the goal. Um, but again, mm. mixed reviews on Chester, particularly I guess yeah. in this style of play. I, I don't see him maybe as a marauding centre back. Um, no. Thoughts on Chester? No, spot on. Express Brom. Um, yeah, he's been poor, he has been poor generally all season. Never looking comfortable on the ball. Prone to losing possession. Getting turned too easily. Um, we're playing a more progressive style of football that's exposing him. It, it, the players are, and this come, this will come up time and time again. They're ill suited to what they're being asked to do. Um, and he's, but he's. 
he particularly is getting caught in no man's land, I think. There's been several times this has come up with the ball. He's so weak with a long ball over the top. He kind of loses his, he seems to lose his um, radar. And he's not quite sure where he is, where the ball is, and where the, where the, um, more worryingly than where the, where his man is. And there's been several instances of that coming up. So he's, he's probably the, I'd say he's the weaker link of the two because Tommy Elphick has come back. Elphick's yes. an interesting one. Because Elphick was on loan. He, he obviously, he's a hot, Bruce, wasn't he? He was. Bruce didn't rate him, and he had a major loss of form. And I remember, I remember at the time, Villa fans were saying, but in the, before the August game, they would happily drive him to wherever he wanted to go. They couldn't get him out of the out of the team quickly enough. A new manager comes in now. Elphick, he played at Bournemouth. He played under Eddie Howe. He understands. Should have that pedigree, shouldn't he? He should. He know. He knows how to pass the ball out. They say he, he's thirty-one. He lacks pace. He doesn't have that, but he is comfortable on the ball. And they think it'll take time. He's, it's he rebuilt his confidence in playing for Hull and this whole team a lot of them are saying oh god how does he feel coming back from a high hole that was storming the way up the league having to drop back into a Villa team that's trying to reinvent itself um, and you know they were thinking that you know they felt some sympathy for him for that but they talk about him being comfortable in possession pinging balls good balls upfield and out wide he's the kind of player whose confidence will grow mm. under Smith no question about that maybe um, a leader as well um I'm not so sure or is he about just experienced? that. No, it's experience rather than leadership. Mm. Leadership, no, he's not the he's not the leader in the team. I don't think. I think it's actually we'll come on to him and talk about him later. It's Tammy Abraham who's providing the leadership. He's only twenty. He's only twenty one. He's he's the one bollocking everybody out all around the field yeah. at the moment. It's really funny. Um, he's really grown in stature, but more we'll, we'll come to him later. Um, well, possible yeah, leaders then. I'd look out to the flank. So you've got Alan mm. Hutton on the right and Neil Taylor on the left. These are two. Premier League season campaigners. Hutton's been around the club for some time. Um, you talked about their limitations, but they're not offering in that capacity either. No, no, they're not. Um, one, um, quick, quickly on, quickly on Elphick. One couple, yeah. of, one other, one other quick issue. He's not physically domineering, nor is Chester. They do. There is. They're not. They're not units. They're not Millwall in that sense. They're not. They're not big. It's just a small thing to add in as well. One and a quick line on one backup, which is Courtney mm. Hauser, who's come in on loan yes. from Wolves with an option to join permanently. He does have the physicality. He's big, strong, and quick. He's not technically. I remember Wolves fans saying this. He's not a technically creative player with the ball. He's, so it's an odd one in that sense. But he has got physicality. But he lacks ma- match fitness big time. Right. He played, came on in that. They had a horrible three-nil defeat against Wigan a couple of oh, weeks ago. Yeah. He came off the bench in that, and he did himself no favours. So just a quick, quick. He's he's Plan B for them at the moment. I'd say it'll be Elphick and Chester. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Okay. Neil Taylor and the Scottish Cafu, Alan. <laughs> right. Um. Where do you begin? You see, the problem is last week we talked about Blackburn and said, "Oh, the left back, we can get at him. You know, let's you know, let's get at Amari um, Bell. Let's you know, give him a hard time." And it didn't really happen. And I feel the same here because, again, they've got real problems at fullback. And you kind of kind of go, well, come on, you know, let's hurt them there. But we were not quite able to no, do it. We need yeah. the players to get him behind, aren't we? And one yeah, of those players do. would have been Lancaster, who's now out yeah. with an injury, isn't he? No. Lancaster, this was a perfect game for him, actually. You've got fullbacks who either lack motivation or lack pace stranded halfway up the field. And you've got Lancaster, who would then be able to kind of attack the hole where these players... The, the space that they had left. But maybe maybe Quanner can do it. I don't know if he plays them out wide. I wonder or whether Guion Edwards might get a chance at redemption, perhaps. Mm. Who knows? Maybe he fancies it against the, the, in the less dirty, less rough games like Blackburn would have been. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. in terms uh, of views on Hutton, Hutton, 
I got the sense maybe a few years ago, Villa fans were looking at Hutton thinking, I can't, he's like stealing a living. He, he yeah. keeps getting contract renewals. And I think probably in the championship, he's, you know, he's getting on a bit. He's probably found his level. And that goal he mm. scored against Birmingham City in the season yeah. was a doozy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and Neil Taylor is another one for good yeah. experience. So it's it's a bit weird to hear them. Yeah, yeah, mixed reviews. The prob- they're, they're, they're very negative reviews, I'd say, particularly in Taylor's case. The problem with Hutton is, it's almost like that goal was the worst thing that could have happened. They talk about him making these 80-yard forward runs and making a big show of it for no reason and leaving the whole right side of the defence exposed. He's the right back. And one of them said he can't bomb forward like a 22-year-old. And then another guy came straight in and said then he shouldn't bomb forward at all. In other words, there's a lack of discipline. He has this idea of being... One of them said he's more like an attacking midfielder than a right back nowadays. Mm. That's fine when you can do that. But when you're 34 and you don't have the legs, that causes problems, particularly when we get onto the midfield, who may not be the most industrious at getting across to cover. If you've got Glenn, midfield, Glenn um, Whelan as a holding midfielder and your fullback has gone up the field, don't expect Glenn to be able to hammer over and cover if you're then doing them on the counter. This is where the lack of balance kicks in. Um, he is more attack-minded than most of the team and they like that, but he's defensively very questionable. They also think he's more about a marauding forward and shooting because his actual final ball isn't that great either. But um, there was they were they absolutely hammered him for one of the whole goal whole goals last week. He lost his man and casually jogged back. And there's a pattern of that current coming. A few of them are be, be, the, the Villa fans are suspecting. They're looking and thinking, look, we're not going to be here next season. Yeah, heads are you going. Know, yeah, the heads are going a little bit. Mm. Talking of which, then we come on to Neil Taylor. Left back, ex Swansea, Wales international. Um, he is, he's, if Hutton is suspect defensively, this guy's even worse. One of them shouted, uh, put on, on one of the match day threads, don't bust a gut running back, will you? <laughs> when, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they were that frustrated. Love a bit of Rummy sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. He, he said he went for a walk with the second Wigan goal and he hasn't been seen since. And this is, this is cruel. He says attacks tend to die when he puts a cross in. Uh, he's really bad. He loses possession. He passes backwards, doesn't bring, come forward. Um, and he's getting rinsed by wingers. The problem is he doesn't do any, it's the track back bit he's leaving you know this it's a very flaky defense and it's it's leaving it badly badly exposed it really is um yeah plan b is the backups just quickly james brie who mm. is you see the thing i'm watching with smith is is he thinking about next season who he's going to have brie was a really pro- a tidy right back who's only 21 he came in from barnsley the bottom as a prospect he's raw um, he's solid. He doesn't offer much going forward. He, he might, he may well play, given how bad the other pair are. He'd be a right back. He would replace Hutton if Hutton then switches across to cover the even more incompetent Taylor. Um, and he's an asset in a team playing on the foot, on the front foot. He's one of those players. I think as he gets more games, he could grow in confidence, and a more attacking dimension could come. He could be a Smith project, as it were. He may have that in him. But at the moment, his his his, his kind of weaknesses. It's, again, it's an it's an experience. He plays speculative crossfield balls, which go nowhere, you know. So he'll get forward, and then he plays something that looks like it's a bit creative, but in fact, it's a it's a it's a nothing ball really. Um, so he's he's not quite there yet. Plan, the other plan B, and I think th- here's a classic Steve Bruce player, Ahmed El Mahamedi, who did play is. against yeah, us in August. In midfield, yeah. yeah. But he, yeah, Egypt international, ex, you know, he fo- he's followed Bruce around, and I think that some of them would happily drive him to. <laughs> to 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 Hill, Hillsborough now, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. 
NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Al Mohammed did too many errors. He looked solid positioning and decision making now are appalling. He needs to be quicker on the ball and firm challenge, scared to tackle. The only thing he's ever had is a good whip cross. He's always been a very good he's always been a wing back to me. When Bruce went up when he had he played that three five two, he had um, he played Mohammed on the right hand side as a wing back and he was very effective in that system. I don't think he's an out and out full back and he doesn't have the legs. He's thirty one, he doesn't have the legs to play as a winger. So he's kinda of caught between the two. So um as I say, it's you know, we'll keep this is a theme we'll keep returning to about rebuilding and rebuilding. It's um so that's the defence really needs a you know, you could argue it needs a complete overhaul. Um so onto the central midfield. Yeah, so shielding it is likely to be Bjarnason, isn't it? Who again mm. is um played at Portman Road um in the summer. I think yeah. went out, was bombed out of the team for quite a while and has come back in and maybe had a good few matches, but again is dropping off again, isn't he? His form is yes. dropped. I'm not yeah. hearing good things about his form at the moment. No. We could, I mean we could look at him and Hurahan together, Connor Hurahan, who yep. as we know briefly yeah, we it never it didn't ever really featured for us, but he's but he was yeah he, he, in his early career. Um, Bjarnason first. Um, there's there's a pair of the minutes. Basically, they are poor man's Ryan Woods stroke Josh McEachran, who we talked about earlier. They're not capable of playing with the intensity that Dean Smith will want from a midfield. Yeah. They're good at what they do. But they're not. They're, they're, it's not good enough, basically, for 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 the for, they're not fit for purpose. Bjarnason first. Um, <laughs> seeing Burker Bjarnason in the team makes me sad. That's <laughs> really painful. <laughs> Plaintive comment from one of them. Slow at getting up on the second man. This is the problem. It's the lack of awareness and the lack of intensity. When the ball breaks in midfield, for the you know second ball breaks in midfield, the first challenge goes. He isn't alert and aware. He gives opponents too much time with the ball. He doesn't sprint anywhere. He's in. He's, he he runs around. He's got lots of energy and he can't put pressure on people. But he doesn't. There's a lack of urgency. Urgency is the big word, actually, in midfield. It's the fundamental problem in the team, the lack of the, the midfield, because not only is it not supporting the defence by taking the ball out from them, but just as equally, it's not supporting the wingers, and particularly without Grealish, it's not supporting the striker. Yep. So it's 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 a it's it's a 
it's a pastel shade midfield where they actually want primary colours because that if you look at Brentford that's where that's where it all happens. It's it all really, about really McGinn, does. isn't it? It's all about. It, it sounds is. like it's McGinn and Abraham that yeah. just made yeah. things tick. Yeah. So as I say, Bjarnason is one example, and Hurahan's the other. They said about him, he doesn't seem to have the an impact on the game. Um, yeah, if you've heard this before, floats like a butterfly, stings like a butterfly. He's far too <laughs> passive and casual. He doesn't make himself available for the centre halves, and he often, when he gets the ball, rather than actually doing what Brentford would do, where you turn, you look forward, you're looking for the wingers, you're looking for a diagonal pass where you can actually play something forward and incisively. What he does is he plays the ball back to the defenders, pointing out where they should lump it, which is an anathema to the way Dean Smith would want to play. Yeah. They do like his set pieces. Hurrahan's always had a good set piece. Good one against Hull, wasn't it? Yeah. Right in the right in front of the keeper. Just yeah. to didn't have to do much on that one. That that is the danger. So again we need to be switched on for that. But um but between the pair of them they are a bit of a they're, 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 they are I don't know, they're a bit of a mirage really compared to what, what to what Smith wants. Whelan is plan B and he's thirty five now and again if you think the other two are weak in this area Whelan is utterly inappropriate now. He just does not have the legs for this. One of them said what he does do is his protection of the of the back four seems to amount to making sure no pass enters the D. That's his kind of area of patrolling. He kind of covers the D in front of the penalty area, but he just doesn't have the mobility to get across to to in any way to to, to kind of to to protect either the fullbacks, which is what you normally want, or to be able to to take on a, a midfielder breaking through at pace. Um, you need to think he, of him like a midfield version of James Collins, who's the same age. The only yeah. difference being that Collins has maybe got a quadrant of maybe 10 metres where he will move, or maybe less, sorry, yeah. like yeah. two, three square metres where he'll move around and find the oh. ball. Whelan actually yeah. has to patrol a big chunk of the pitch, doesn't he? And I, does. I guess his brain is probably eager, but the body maybe isn't. Body isn't. Yeah, it's a combination of not having the pace, but also not having the technical ability. It's the two together. Mm. It's 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 a classic, as I say, going back to, it's a classic Bruce signing and another one who, again, you would just see out the door. The one good Bruce signing, which you just mentioned a minute ago, was John McGinn. Mm. And McGinn, they adore, oh. they, adore, they adore this guy. They really do. What um, might have been? I think we were, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think we were, Mick was, yeah. We talked about this in the summer, I think. Yeah. You could have, you know, you could see a player like, yeah, you could, he would have been perfect for us. Um, what can I say about him? They said, um, they love sign, him, don't they? Can we sign eight more McGinns, please? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, one of them said, actually, he said, John, you've been doing the work of three players. Would you mind for the next month doing the work of five? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, um, we'll put you in the defence, yeah. yeah. Enthusiasm, energy, a ball of energy. He picks up the entire midfield work. Occasionally, strength taken to excess can become weaknesses. He occasionally holds onto the ball for too long. He can be ambitious with the shooting. He doesn't have Grealish's vision and incisiveness to be able to play. You know, he's not... He's not that sort of a threat, whereas because Grealish had an end product, he had that little bit of attacking quality on top of that. McGinn doesn't quite have that. But then it's you know he he came from Hibernian. It's his first season in the Championship. He's only 24. You feel that there's more to come from him. But they and one of this lovely quote I saw. He's carrying the whole team. And this great line: He plays every game as if it's his last. Mm. I mean, you can't. That's high praise. And he stuck out at Portman Road because he'd only just recently signed. Yeah. Great assist for the goal for Kodja. Yeah. Um, but was everywhere and seemed to yeah. want the ball as well. That's yeah. what you want of a midfielder is one is is yeah. asking for the ball from the players around him. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, you can see how him. Just briefly mention Grealish, who won't be there. Um, Grealish has got a shin injury. He's picked. He picked it up in the. It was a, a game in early December against West Brom, and they have badly missed him. Um, the thing that Grealish was able to do, you could see him and McGinn together being perfect as a as a midfield pairing, but. 
one of the other things Grealish was able to do was he was able to draw players to him, which then freed up the wider players and the striker. He was able to give them more space just by him being physically there. Yes. Because they were always... He's a bit he's, of a magnet, he's, isn't he? He's in, he's in defenders and on holding midfielders' heads. But of course, you know, he, you know whereas you think on Saturday, excuse, he's up for it. You know, you just say, right, Cole, just... Put yourself on McGinn. If McGinn goes over to clean the punch yep. the corner flag, you know, just you know, give him a hand. You know, that's the type of man marking job you want to do. I've written it. that down, and as we mentioned yeah. before, he did that to a, a good extent against Dak as well, and it, it worked yeah. for most of the game. So yeah. I've written Scoos first, McGinn yeah. Yeah. Um, on Saturday. Yeah. A couple of plan Bs, which may not feature in midfield. Henry Lansbury, he's been battling with a hamstring injury. He's, he did... Can he be this week's? Is he there? Is that, he's a villain, no, he is. Is he? Oh, he is. Where are they now? He was. He Where came back because he, he, was one of, he was another Bruce signing, another one of those expensive additions. I championship, would say. He, as you said, football yeah, manager. It's, yeah. it's just buying all the best players in the championship, isn't it? Exactly that. It's, you've got him. The other, the other where I think now what you'd probably include, believe it or not, he's still on the books, though he doesn't have a squad number, is Michael Richards. If my That's research... That as well. yeah. If my research is right. He's only 30. Bloody hell. You know, that's that's appalling. Anyway, there it is. Anyway, what, what do we know? We were, we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we weren't close to the scene. Anyway, but Lansbury, getting back to Lansbury, mm. he did play in the FA Cup game against Swansea, um, but he did impress fans because he's not industrious, but he can pick a pass. Yep. That's the one thing Lansbury's always Definitely had. Creative. And, yeah. he, and so maybe when he regains his fitness, could he be a deep-lying playmaker? But, but the, the thing with Lansbury has always been... I don't know. Forest fans were very frustrated. Is he up for it? Basically, yeah. the other the other plan B who might come off the bench is a guy called Callum O'Hare. Um, he's a prospect who's coming through. He's only twenty. Um, he's had a couple of runouts. Um, good ideas, but his touch lets him down. He is a he's he could be a Grealish, but he's you know he's not at that level. But he's in that model, but a very raw. Uh, version, but again, Dean Smith would be looking at him and thinking maybe next season. You know, he's thinking. You know, I certainly won't have Len Whelan, but I will have Callum O'Hare. They're more just watch out for the name if he comes off the bench. Another yeah. youth product that I expect to see something about is Andre Green. Is yeah, 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 spot on. Yeah. So I he's reckon... a, is he? A, I'm trying to remember if he's a winger or not. Yep, he is left winger. Sorry, we'll, we'll come to the wingers in a bit then. What should yeah, we do now? No, no, we do it now. We've done the midfield now. We've covered. We've pretty much covered yeah. the the midfield. But let's 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 have a look at the wingers. Green is it's a brilliant link in because he has come back on loan from Portsmouth. Now one winger has come in in this month and one winger has gone out. Oh, the one who's gone out. We could let's talk <laughs> briefly on. about this one. Go, I have seen on. some you, stuff. You I, fo- I follow a few people on Twitter. Yeah. on Twitter. There are some amazing. GIF, resp- GIF, GIF responses to Balassi's return back to Everton. They are not disappointed to see him driving up the M6 back to Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. There was one where it was, um, this is uh, what Balassi does when he gets into a crossing position and someone <laughs> doing break dancing and moving around crazy without actually crossing the ball. No end product, basically is what I hear. Um, mm. Lots yeah. of tricks and lots of cute little flicks, but very, very little of Nothing. any yeah. note. I'm just trying to look at his assists and his goals. Mm. Uh, two no, goals for us. Uh, two <coughs> goals as well as no. see any assists. Not, not many. No, no, not not for the money. Show pony. A FIFA street footballer who can't yes. finish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's that's right. uh, uh, you know, um, and also he didn't care. That's the other thing. They were really furious with him. That's it. And when he loses, when he'd lose the ball, he just give up. You know, he was you know show pony. Was the phrase came time and time again. They they despised him. They really did. Every attack breaks down when that headless chicken gets the ball. So no, they yep. and God knows what money they were paying him as well. That's the oh, other thing. Loads, wouldn't it? It would have been yeah. You know, sort of. So they yeah. won't be. Yeah, they're not upset to see him go. But going back to Green, any so Green chance of him coming in? in? I think I think Green is somebody that 
Smith specifically wanted back. He was on loan at Portsmouth, high flying Brett Pittman's Portsmouth. Um, did you see his overhead <laughs> kick last week? Pittman got I an overhead yes, kick last I week. I did, I did. I last, know. Yeah, I think it was Super Friends who's, uh, who yeah. raised on Twitter um, yeah. what we would give for a Pittman. I, I always mm. looking back felt we played to, we tried to play Pittman like he was a Murphy which he definitely wasn't no he wasn't really good footballer really intelligent just Finisher. really poorly used and actually I feel really disappointed when he left yeah having a really good yeah, spell at Portsmouth good luck to him yeah but um, but Andre Green yes um, what can we say I think he's a real I think he's been brought back with a view to next year they're mid-table most Villa fans are not expecting to get promoted this year so they're out of the cup so they're 13th at the moment seven third, points yeah. off it aren't they yeah. so they're going to take they, a bit they, of a run I think given the way they're playing and given the traffic in the way they're not expecting it but Green they like and he, he he's one to watch on the left um not a kick and rush type winger, but he has wider awareness and he can fit into a system. He's got pace and quick feet. He's got a decent shot and his crossing is okay. He's only 20. He's less of an X factor than the other wingers, but he's more reliable and effective. So you won't do this some piece of beautiful magic. I remember Lee Tomlin doing when he played out wide. You do something, you go, oh, that was fantastic. But then he flattered to deceive. Green is more consistent. He's more trustworthy. The things he has to work on are classic things of a player finding his teeth. He must work on his positioning and he has a little habit of drifting out of games. Concentration. We've we've see, we all see we see that with many young players. So he, I would be surprised if he doesn't start, because um, he's the strongest left winger they have. And you've got old poor old Bert on the right, um, <laughs> Uncle Albert. Yep, Uncle Albert, Albert Adoma. Um I remember it was him who tore us to bits against Middlesbrough a few years yes. ago. And he Mick Chambers, had, I think it was. And it was one of those situations where Mick shut. We were three 0 down, and Mick made a few defensive substitutions. He wrote the game off and said he didn't want us to get slapped. Mm. Um, that was, I still remember, I still, you know, Mick used the verb slap very memorably at times. And that was one example. But I feel... He's getting on though, you say. Yeah, 31. They fear he's, it's a question of pace and age. Um, they wonder, he had one really hot spell when he was at Villa, but he hasn't really come back. He hasn't, it hasn't been consistent. Um, he had quite a long spell without doing anything. I th- I'm trying yeah. to remember if it was him or Kodja who went on a really long barren spell of not doing, not scoring any goals or anything yeah. like that. And then it was a dome, and then he came good for about three or four months. He had a really against hot spell us and, and scored it, two yeah, against yeah. us, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he had one major purple patch. I'd say they describe it, but he has lost his pace and he's reluctant to take defenders on. He can track back and close down, which they have missed. He will do that, but he does little with the ball now. Um, and you, again, going back to what I was saying about a Bruce signing, people with one eye to the future, um, he has the look of a man trying to wind his career down and going through the motions. So he's kind of, he's he's there, but he's not there, if you know what I mean. So he's not, don't, if he, I, you know, he'll probably have an absolute wonder game against us <laughs> I've said all of that but you never know uh, but he's not I'd be I'd have been more worried about Armstrong last week than I would be about Adoma this week put it that way the plan B is a guy called Anwar El Ghazi who they got on loan from Lille with an option to buy and he's ex-Ajax he's a Dutch international actually he's been some good clubs isn't he I was looking yeah, he has... I don't know much about him to be honest but he hasn't, he's, he's been loaned out and they like him, but he hasn't managed to consolidate because Lille, again, are a really high-flying French team. You know, you think you get in there, you get a high exposure to European football and then you get the big move to the Premier League. Hasn't happened. It's the classic winger, blows hot and cold, um, frustrating at times, capable of magic. He's the opposite to Andre Green, less consistent, but Green is not, doesn't have the same level of fantasy about him. Um, El Ghazi... Um, 
he's often they say he's often the only real threat of anything happening, but he can be over ambitious sometimes. He needs to improve his decision making and his all round game, particularly with his positioning again. Good at running at the ball, but his uncompleted pass rate must be incredibly high. Classic winger basically. Yep. Um, yeah. Is there a possibility that Codger might move out wide? Can we talk about yeah. him very briefly? He, he has done. We'll, move, we'll, we'll, we'll swing into the strikers now because we can do because he has played out wide. They don't think it's his natural game, particularly defensively. Because if you're out wide, something Freddie learned very quickly was that if you're out wide, you've got to you've got to look after your fullback, yes. and that's that, and they do worry about that. He'll be expecting to see someone past him, won't he? If he yeah, <laughs> overlap by his fullback. Exactly that. It's 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 a tricky one. Um, Codger. Oh, it's the same criticism they've made of him before. Um, he's an immense player, but only when the system is fully designed to accommodate him. Yes. So you have to, yeah, you have to build it all he around. He has to be the photo. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good thought, that. Yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. about that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he does have an end product, we know that, but um, he's technically very good. <laughs> His work rate and urgency are questionable. It was a criticism Bristol City fans made when he played there as well, that he, he, he plays within himself. He doesn't, you know, he's... As long as I'm as long as I'm fine, everybody else can kind of well you you can sort yourselves out. Um, and again, often dribbling too much instead of laying it off in attacking space is a regular criticism of him. He lacks Tammy Abraham's wider attacking game, and he doesn't press defenders urgently, which again takes you back to the problem if he is playing out wide. Um, he can change a game, and he is decent in the box. He has got quality, and he can finish. But um, he is he frustrates them. He's not when you and if you're in a team where there's only going to be one striker, it should be said that Dean Smith will switch to four four two. As circ- he did it against Hull last week as circumstances dictate so you can have a Kodja Abraham duo up front that's that is that's not out, 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 that's not beyond question and he's good in the but, air as well isn't he yeah he is yeah that comes up as well yeah um the main man though up front we'll, shall we talk about him yeah let's talk about yeah, I was going to talk- say do you want to get Scott Hogan out of the way let's let's get Scott Hogan and Keenan Davis because he's got no goals this season big money he is mm-hmm. under big pressure from the Villa fans, isn't he, to deliver something? Yeah. And the expectation was Dean Smith will bring the best out of him. Yeah, hasn't happened. Yeah, hasn't happened at all. His touch turn has turned to rubbish. I think it's a major confidence problem. He got a, He had. A, he, they see him as a useful bench option, but he started against Swansea in the FA Cup, and it was a. It seemed the way I was reading the match day thread, and you just wanted to just come on, come on, have a cup of tea, come oh, on, God. have a have a hug. He really needed it. Um, he's he, he doesn't seem to be a starter. Um. He tries hard, but makes it's not a lack of effort, but he makes errors at crucial times. He doesn't finish chances. His touch isn't there. They have the debate, is he a bit like Jordan Rhodes? Is he a striker who runs the channels and you don't play the ball high to him? A lot of, because without, without Creelish, a lot of Villa's play is predicated on wingers yes. crossing. Always Often, has been, as long as I've yeah. watched them. Yeah, and again, that fits in with Bruce. But uh, particularly with Grealish not there. But the problem is, Hogan, the, the debate is, Hogan is better with the ball, a bit like Jordan Rhodes, spinning off the last player, running into space, into the channels, and attacking and, and driving forward that way. But other people say, no, it's not that we're not playing the right system. It's just that he's useless. Um, oh. putting it bluntly. Um, about as threatening as Timmy Mallet was the worst I've <laughs> You gotta say that with you gotta do that with a Brummy accent. Yeah, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, it's but he's supposed to be a live wire playing off the last man, but he's slow feet on mind. So mm. it is sad, but um, you know, bizarrely, he's one of those players that if Villa wanted to offload, um, you know, because he, no, no, he's not, he's not a town player, really, is he? We don't need him. No, no. I was suddenly it occurred to me an underperform a player who we know can be good, and who can 
but he can't play on his own up front. That's the other problem they were saying that he does need he needs support. Now he, I suppose you could say he had the support when when Grealish was around, but part of this problem is augmented by the fact that the midfielders. Aren't. He needs a move for his career, though, he, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, it's gone wrong. How old is yeah. he? He's um... he's t- twenty six. Is, he, is yeah. that the height? Of, this is this is his, the height of his career. Missed, in... yeah, missed opportunities. Yeah, he, he broke into the Ireland squad. Well, you know, he's you know he's he's you know he's you know he he has he has got talent, obviously, but it's just gone horribly wrong. Um, the other player, quickly, quick one liner on Keenan Davis because he might feature at some point. Davis is a twenty year old youth product. He's an out and out target man. Um, he very selfless. He can hold the ball up, bring Abraham into play. But the one thing he doesn't do is score. But he does everything else. But he's only 20. He can beat defenders with skill and pace, um, create space. Um, they don't have anyone else like him to do that type of role. You know, you could, you know, he's he's very he's very, he's very Millwall the way to describe him. But he he's not able to, and he won't score enough goals. And the problem is, if you play him up front leading the line, where are the goals going to come from? So. Yeah. Yeah, so just to mention him, because he may well come on, if they want to go to a four-four-two, you could see him and Abraham working together. Kodja and Abraham will do one type of attacking model. Davis and Abraham will do the other. And, and moving on to which then, basically... Yeah, straight ourselves in, everyone. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, you, you lead off. What are you hearing at your end? <laughs> um, what haven't I heard? I mean, let's start by saying he's on loan from Chelsea, isn't he? So yeah. Probably on big money as well. 17 yeah. goals... Um, scores all types of goals is everywhere is busy yeah. um, is also quite physical as well um, they they love him but I think there's a worry that he's disguising maybe some of the limitations that we talked about in terms of Hogan and some of the ageing players I think he was a kind of a what's the word I'm looking for um, it was a last hurrah kind of signing in the window wasn't it to try to get them up to the playoffs and yeah. the trouble is he's probably provided his end of the bargain um, and the rest of the squad hasn't followed suit. Grealish being out hasn't helped. Uh, yeah. But it's all about Abraham, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he could yeah. win the game on his own, really, on Saturday, couldn't he? He could do. Yeah, he's he's, 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 he's turning into a proper all-around striker. You can see how he's evolved. Obviously, we saw what he did at Bristol City. I mean, um, Yeah, to a lesser extent. Well, yeah. You think yeah. back, he didn't. He did well for them, didn't he, Bristol yeah, City? But yeah, but 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 in terms of the level line, now, isn't it? Yeah, the line of progression is what I mean. Yeah, he's got absolutely. an extra. He's definitely got an extra dimension to what he had then. He's not just a. He's not a finisher. Funnily enough, they say about him that he's not somebody. He won't pull a rabbit out of the hat, in terms of he won't produce a, a fantasy strike that nobody saw coming. Mm. But he is very effective. Yes, when a chance does come. That's where he's good. He's he's like Pittman, who we talked about earlier. He is a proper finisher. Give him a good chance, and he will he will make the most of it. He really will. But he'll tap um, in. He'll do headers. He'll do yeah, vo- yeah. half volleys from just inside the area. He do get different. Yeah, he'll, he'll take yeah. his chance. Yeah. He, he will try and score. Yeah, they also love the fact that he's staying. I think he could have gone back to Chelsea. They record him briefly, and then he's yeah, yeah come back. I yeah, think they wanted to cash in, um, mm. but Wolves, I don't think, were willing to pay. Whatever fee they're asking for. Yeah, it's um. So no, he that would have hurt. By the way, he went to Wolves. He would have. Yeah, yeah. West Midlands pride and all of that. Yeah, Yeah, but he, they, in that sense, they love the fact that he has come back to them. Yeah. Uh, And why he has stayed, I don't know or care. All I know, he's scoring goals. Is but it's not just his finishing, his movement and all-round play. Yeah. They talk about as well. He can hold. He can hold the ball up, though he's not a hold-up striker, but he can do that. He drifts out as wide, doesn't he? He comes to get the ball. 
he, he can play wide and he does his defensive work. One of the criticisms of Kodje is the fact that he, he, you know, he leaves Abraham to go herring around closing down defenders while he just sits back and admires them. Whereas Abraham is very selfless that way. A shining light in a pretty shocking season. And as I mentioned earlier, he's, a, he's been a leader. He goes around giving pep talks, instructions and bollockings to some of the other strikers, Good other players, him. I should say, on the field. He's only, tw- what is he, 21? And yet he's not afraid to do that. You just feel, here's a player whose confidence is really growing and he's taking... You know, in a team devoid of leaders, to me, he would be the one who would, um, you know, he will, you know, he, if someone's going to grab the Pike staff, it's going to be him. Mm. And I think that's why, the, you know, he, he he's one person who could rescue the season at the very least. But um, and, and of course, he's getting a whole half season of proper game time rather than stewing, stewing back in Stamford Bridge. So in that yeah, sense, it's, his values. It's, you know, up, it's, it? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be so, interesting to see how. Um, Collins versus Abraham will be an interesting jury. It'll be a versus McGinn also yeah. interesting. Yeah, and let's see if we can land a blow on that defence because it is it is suspect. Eight goals in the last three games, three nil defeat against Wigan with a home crowd. Not, I mean, I, I made I said this in the notes when I was preparing. I didn't say that, but you've, there's two types of team in mid table. There are the teams that haven't got a lot of quality but are well organised and are doing really efficiently so you've got Birmingham, Queen's Park Rangers and Blackburn and we tend to struggle against them the other type of midfield uh, or mid-table team I should say are teams like Stoke, Swansea or Villa who've actually got a lot of really good players but they're just a little bit dysfunctional but I also said well it doesn't miss you know which probably the chances are we we'll could still probably lose 2-0 Harry we lose 2-0 but you never know you never know <laughs> exactly but I anyway. mean just to make people feel even better um, we've beaten Villa twice um, since the turn of the 1990s mm-hmm. um, including that uh, mm. last gasp 1-0 where Emma Hughes scored mm-hmm. um, which I missed because I mm-hmm. decided to be militant about our defeat to yeah. Lincoln City and went yeah. and found other football plans and wasted an afternoon in Stoke um, yeah. so that'll, that'll <laughs> learn me um, oh, and then one that, in the 90s as well because yeah. that day when we beat Phil at the famous 1-0 um, it was a horrible day yes. it was I was a two scarfer it was an absolutely <laughs> bitter winter's day and you were in Stoke while yes I was in a diving through. bell I was you know <laughs> I was trying to uh, to be fair I was in the main stand so it was less, um, less yeah, the winds were less yeah but less, yeah. Um, yeah. me and my yeah. mate I was there with my mate Seb who's also a Tam fan yeah. um, God bless him he drove us across the, the motorways on the same yeah. day and we were there going bloody hell we should have gone to Villa um, yeah. but, but that's uh, what being optimistic, let's can we reference the two shirts that are behind you? Yes, because they are they are of happier they have, they're of happy vintage. Ish. I mean, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. I don't have that away shirt from that one nil with Emma Hughes, but I have. Um, for those of you watching in black and white, and those of you listening to the podcast, apologies. I remember last week we talked about this, and I just pointed <laughs> to stuff. So I have a 2001 to 2003 home shirt, the uh, TXU incorrect yeah. shade of blue shirt where we managed yeah. to draw nil nil at home to Villa that run of nil, uh, draws and defeats um, yeah. that probably didn't give us any favours in surviving that season but we didn't lose to them at yeah. home and I've got the old 92 to 94 red laces this is a replica rather yeah. than the actual proper shirt mm-hmm. this is one of the, the merchandise shirt we managed to beat them at Villa Park 1-0 also a 1-0 the 93-94 oh. season away yeah. so that is um, those are the two shirts I have behind me yeah. um, so, so there's r- hope yeah rough house wins are achievable at we Villa Park we can do a 1-0 yeah. <laughs> um, shall we uh, well, in terms of strategies potentially to get more goals, let's talk about Daryl's um, yeah. merge eleven, which has been a 
an ordeal for him. It's been tough. Yeah. Um, and he's proposed the formation that you're a fan of, Harry. Oh yes, it's a Victorian throwback. Um, it's the, you know two three five we've gone with purely due to a lack of numbers. This this is a heroic heroic eleven, and we also have some substitutions. Uh, we've got a couple of strikers that we can bring on as well. If we're not if we're not happy with if there aren't enough goals, we can we can take the defenders off and just literally go zero three seven. Just go. So, yeah. Okay, let's run through it. So let's let's talk about the poor. The poor at the back you've got Andy Marshall in goal oh, and, and you just need to dwell on Andy Marshall I got involved in a bit of a Twitter debate about how bad God. he was in the Premier, like Premier League relegation season um, yeah. so I don't want to call him out obviously but um, mm. I'm watching back some old footage for something I'm doing for Blue Monday um, yeah. and the goals that we can see with him in goal just oh Anyway, so yes, oh, we'll, we'll let's get through that. Yeah, but he's he's well protected. You've got David Unsworth and James Collins sitting it's in front of him. Sent, yeah. That's, that's, so that's, that's fairly tight. However, the midfield, we've no fullbacks. There are no fullbacks. We could have had Donassian, but in the spirit of him not playing for us, he's not playing in this team either. <laughs> so he's on the, he's on the bench. There are benches he didn't play for yeah. Villa, but I'd, I'd prefer your reasoning instead. Yeah. Uh, now, the midfield, brace yourselves. This is so protecting the back two and the keeper. We have Nigel Rio Coker, Connor, Connor Hurahan, who we've just discussed, and <clears throat> Jordan Graham. Um, yes. That is that is frightening. It really is. It's it's te- it's a terrifying defensive setup. I mean, you I just... can just imagine Unsworth and Collins just facing the world. It'd be like the Game of Thrones thing where Jon Snow's in the middle of this barrage of horses running at him. Oh dear, oh dear. However, now meanwhile at the other end of the field, we've got we've got a, a, our front a, five. A, our front five: um, Marlon Harewood, Alan Lee, Dalian Atkinson. Darren Bent and David Geddes. Um, I mean, there's goals there, isn't there's there? There's got to be goals there. There really has to be. And some of them, I suppose, you, yeah, they could swing out wide. I mean, the movement. You've got, you've got to have Lee, I guess, as a, a focal point with Bent. And, the other, and, and Herwood as well. Herwood out wide, I reckon. Yeah, Herwood possibly out wide. That might work, Bent actually. as well, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You could possibly have Bent drifting out. The, you could, you've got everything there. You've got movement. You've got athleticism. Players might be able to drop deep a little bit. So you could... Um, yes, it's... Um, it's quite, it's quite frightening, really, isn't it? You've got, and we've also got Simon Dawkins and John Dean on the bench as well to come on if we need more goals. And obviously Lambert is the manager, so we'll have that. Um, so uh, yeah, there we go. Good stuff, Darryl, Darryl. It's, it's it's been emotional this week, Daryl. That's all I can say. It really has. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some questions. Uh, we we mentioned um, Dawkins there, um, yeah. and that leads to a question that we've had about players who are out of contract. Um, yeah. Should we do this one? I've got these written down. Um, yeah. Let me just find the question and who asked it so we can do it properly. Uh, bu- bu- so from Paul Gray, uh, which out-of-contract players do you want to keep and who are you happy to see depart at the end of the season? Um, should we try and do these one word if we can? Yeah, let's go yes, no. Um, so yeah. let's do them in the order that the EADT did their article. Um, which might give you an indication of how they went with it or how people voted because <laughs> it was a poll. Um, Chambers? Yep. Got to keep, keep him. Yeah. Uh, Bishop? Keep. Yep. Uh, Wolfenden? Keep, no question. Yep. In um, the League One. If, if we, assuming we drop, that is. Yeah. But even, yeah. But even so, I'd no, keep if, him. If, 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 if we stay up, I would keep Wolfie. No yep. question. Um, two full-backs, Ken Knock and Emmanuel? Does it depend on the league again? It depends on the league. Definite keep. I mean, Emmanuel has got a League One promotion medal. Let us not forget this fact. Um, I would, I would keep them both. Um, if we stay up, 
I would like to keep them. I'm not sure Lambert will. Okay. Um, <laughs> Spence. It's got to be thank bye you. bye, hasn't it? Thank you. Thank, thank thanks you. for the memories. Thanks for the memories. And on the other side, we've got bloody fullbacks coming out of our ears. Um, Nitsen. <laughs> Nitsen's got to be off, isn't he? I no, mean, it doesn't sound like he's going to be leaving the window, but. It's it's weird. I mean, if he's not going to leave in the window, why not? The thing is, there's no disadvantage to us then playing him for the rest of the season. That's what Joe was saying. Yeah, it's, Joe it's, made a really good point on that. Yeah, it's a, he's a free transfer then, so he's going to be gone anyway. So, you know, and, um, but yeah, it's a, it's modern football, eh? Yeah. Mm. Um, Gherkin. Ooh. I'm not a fan, I'm going to be honest. No. The League um, One, probably competent. Depends what we're... No, if you're looking to rebuild and come back up again, I'd probably have a major rethink on the keeper strategy, to be honest, if we drop. Okay. I really would. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't be disappointed if he leaves. Um, yeah. Two midfielders who... Well, Grant Ward, who... <laughs> that Barnsley hat-trick, poor guy. Killed obviously him. quite a significant injury, but Grant Ward? He's versatile, <laughs> but he's utterly inconsistent. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, no, I'd, I'd say, look, let somebody else take the risk with him because even in League One he could blow hot and cold and that's yeah. the that's the sadness of it. Needs to get his let, you, know, back you, can, you can see you can see what he has in him, but yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Um <laughs> you, you can respond with um a question back to me if you want. Tom Addy Amy <laughs> Yes. Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh dear. No, just nope. I think yeah, just cut our losses. We've got um let's quickly with his three players well, I think we I think we think that Danny Rowe's out of contract as well. Yeah. We've got a con we've got a question about Danny Rowe, so we'll come back to him, but in terms of contract keep or let go if he's I'd... out of contract. I might be wrong. I would I would tend to I would tend to say let go because he's never broken in. He has looked fairly he has looked a bit peppery if I can use the word when he has made substitute appearances, but he's never really made an impact the way you would expect a winger to. He's like a he's another version of Guion Edwards in that sense. He's you know it's um it's smoke and mirrors, but not necessarily an end product that you can actually grab hold of consistently. Agreed. Yeah. Um, let's just quickly do the question on. Row whilst we're here then. Um, yeah. Jay Cook, um, should Danny Rowe feel disappointed at lack of first team opportunities under three different managers with pace and a decent shot in him? I've always felt that he has something to offer given a, f a run of games. Agree with every that? Time, no, every, well, from what we've seen, I would say no. That's a personal opinion. I could see, I could, because he looks, it's just what we were saying a second ago, he looks everything at the part, you know, he's he's busy, he's pacey, etc. But this, and I remember it was against Forrest, I think, in the final game of the season oh, a couple yeah. of years ago. He looked, you know, it, it, it all appeared to be there, but it doesn't seem to, it never seemed to add up to anything. Now, Forrest, he gave the ball away quite a lot, though, and yeah, definitely yeah. was caught out defensively. Yeah. And yeah. I think probably at championship level, that's more important than maybe at League One. But Oh, yeah, you'll, um, you'll get. Tyrone Mings is great truth. You get punished in the championship for your mistakes. You really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so the three signings who are on short-term contracts, Collins, um, Judge and Dawkins. I suspect Dawkins probably won't get anything unless he does something interesting between now well, and the season. Let's, let's see what he's got. We haven't seen, it's jury's out on him. Yeah. But the other, two, the other two, I'd hug you if they stayed. I really would. God, please. Yeah. yeah. The, judging League One would just cause, you know, he, he could be, he could be an incredibly destructive player. He really could. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully, well, hopefully we're talking about championship. Mm. But yeah, agreed. Yeah. League One. Um, question on Dawkins. Um, Paul Simcops, who says that he's yeah. from the awesome Southwest Supporters Club. Um, 
So shout out to those guys. Um, what do you see as the future for Dawkins and Edwards? Do you think they'll get a look in now? We kind of talked about Villa's weakness, maybe being the full-back options, going too far up the pitch. Um, any thoughts on whether they'll get a chance? Dawkins, I would hope, it's a question of, of match fitness with him and we'll see what he's got in him. Um, I, I, Edwards, the more I think about Edwards, the less happy I am with him, to be honest. Yeah. I just feel he's, he again, he you know, the, the the odd fleeting moment of brilliance, defensively incredibly suspect. Yes. I would say. I really would. Um he's got a he's he's got to prove to Lambert. He's got to regate it's a, on the trust question, I wouldn't trust him as a teammate out there. If I was a fullback, I'd be very worried about him in front of me. Yeah, it's um but yeah. And that could be just a lack of experience. I don't know. Let's see. Perhaps. But, um, if, I think if he maybe went, it's, if, yeah. I think Lambert and probably Mick Pryor as well. Yeah. Look for wingers to put in a shift, and he he doesn't do that, does he? Doesn't help no. out his fullback. Accrington, no. as we talked about a few weeks back, um, he just went missing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think probably in answer to the question, um, Paul, I think we probably we don't expect a huge amount from maybe five minute cameos off the bench. Yeah. Um, at best. Um, Jules, um, Gillian Hughes, um, what system would we, well, would you play, Harry, um, to exploit Villa's weaknesses um, and have a great show? Well, hopefully it's been a good show. Um, we think in width is the answer. I would have thought so. Width, and I would put pressure on the holding midfield. I, w- I would take the game to them. I really would. I'd put pressure on on the midfield. I just have a feeling that if you get in. The faces of the full-backs and um, whether it's Hurahan and Bjarnason, and whoever they have sitting in front. Lock down McGinn. Lock down McGinn. Just take excuse. Just follow him around the field. Just don't let him out of your sight. Just kill him. Double-team him if necessary at times. Yeah. But then just come down, You know, put pressure particularly on the midfield. They have got errors in them. They will turn the ball over and then just rely on Keane's finishing to hopefully do something with that. That'll be, that would be my approach with it. I would, I would try some form of high press if that's been developed in training. And someone like Judge, wherever he's playing in in a, in that area, just around the edge of the penalty area, whether it's centrally or out wide, however however Lambert uses him, you know he can find you know if we can turn the ball over, get it to Judge, get it to Keane, bang, goal. You're in. That, it that might be, be a really good opportunity, yeah. good game for Judge actually, mightn't it? Yeah. He might be given quite a bit of freedom. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll see. Hopefully, yeah. They um, can they can be got at this team. Mm. They really can. So yeah. Harry Butcher um asks um, <laughs> wow, this is a deep one, Harry. If we could answer this. Harry and I would be earning loads of money as a football consultant. Why can't we score in away games? <laughs> we talked about this very early in the. Um, it, it goes back to the fact that it. We will. I think we will start scoring in away games more as the season goes on, as the rebuilt attack starts to gel. Yeah. You don't think there's a s- systemic or a tactical yeah. issue there? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, I think it's. It's. I think the model that 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 Lambert is playing will deliver goals. It's okay. way more. It's way more creative. It's way more. It's got more attacking intent in it. I mean, to put it this way, it's probably closer to Dean Smith's model at Villa than to Steve Bruce's model at Villa. Put it that way. That's so. In that sense, it has the potential to deliver goals. Inevitably, it will. But it just may take a while to get there because there, it's easier to to. Here I am saying this. It's easier to coordinate the defence quickly. It's more difficult to get it to to get an attacking quartet kind of kind of synchronised. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, Question from Arthur, um, which I got a little bit involved in in um, 
questions on fitness. Um, why has Scoose been, in his opinion, why has Scoose been rushed back from injury? He's clearly not fully fit. And even if he was, surely the likes of Downs, Dazelle, Bishop and Hughes, which is where I, I'm not sure Hughes' fitness is anything to write home about. And <coughs> as has been shown, he's out again. Um, out we'll again offer, yeah. but, and they'll offer more in an attacking sense, um, which is what we need given our desperate need for goals and wins. I think, so there's the debate about Scoose's worth We've, we're not going to get into that because both of you and I are fans of his and know exactly what Scoose brings to it. In the terms of the fitness point, do you think Scoose has been rushed back? Do you think that's necessity, maybe? We've, we've no one to replace him. Yep. We've simply no one to replace Nobody else can do the job he does, not just in terms of his role and his anticipation of danger, but the balance and the stability he gives to the midfield. So he's, you know, until you get another Scoose in, you can't take the Scoose you have out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's Scoose's fault. Never has been that the players who are in front of him aren't, create, aren't, aren't creating as much yeah. as maybe we'd hoped. Yeah. Um, so we're mm. big fans of Scoose on the preview mm. show, at least. Um, the Barley Weasel. Um, <laughs> when we do get relegated, um, do you see a complete clear out of the squad or will Lambert seek to retain the core um, to give us the best chance to get back up? I mean, it comes down to the out contract players, doesn't it, really, Harry? Yeah. But do you see him doing it... a kind of chuck it up in the air and start oh, again? This... But no, there's going to be a lot of players leaving. I think you'll see most of the Hurst signings go. And in a bit, in the way Dean Smith is building with one eye to the next to next year, Lambert is definitely building to one with one eye to next year. So um, no, I can I can see a lot of departures. Um, it's, oh, it's going to be a huge tra- transfer window. This one coming up, I've no no doubts about that. Whether we stay up or whether we whether we drop, either way, it's um, yeah, it's a lot of the. We've talked about the, the Mick has-beens, if I can describe them cruelly as that. So people like Spence, possibly Grant Ward, people who've had their moment under Mick, they'll go. Plus, all of the Hurst Brigade will go. You know, there's going to be, you know, it won't be quite Clapham Junction. It won't be as insane as last year because Lambert will try and keep a core around what he's got. And he'll try, in so far as humanly possible, if we drop, to keep people like Judge, Chambers, Collins, you know, try and keep a spine of the team together, but um, but um, I I can I can I can see it, I can see it being a busy summer. Yeah. Yep. Um, Benjamin Arier, um, we've talked about Evans, Ben. Um, so hopefully that will be all right for you. It's about hesitancy <clears throat> to spend in the transfer market and um, trusting managers and so on. I think we've probably talked about that. And we've I'm, covered that. Yeah. I'm sure we've Ben talked. and um, I think I'm on the flagship because yeah. it's Villa on Sunday yeah. and whoever we might talk about that again. Um, yeah. One more from one more legitimate question, and then one f- question for fun. Um, let's pick one. Um, we talk, uh, James, we talked about Marcus Evans, so I hope we don't mind us skipping through that. Let's talk about Mullet. Hopefully, I'm going to see Mullet on Saturday. Our Villa, the, the epitome of everything that's wrong with the division parachute <laughs> payments, huge wages, high expectations, and nothing to show for it. Or is it us? <laughs> I'm going to let you go first up walking up Villa, to Villa Park on Saturday Mullet, after that one yeah. oh dear I mean there are lots of case studies like Villa I mean teams have come down it, it's not easy when you get relegated you lose a lot of your better players Stoke are seeing it you know the teams come down and we all look at them and think oh they have all these great players and when you actually talk to the fans of the clubs you realise that these great players aren't as great as everybody on the outside thinks they are mm. they've, got, they've, they've, got a, they've got a whole pile of problems that come with them so in the, yes I think he's right I'd say Villa are probably more typical of what's wrong with the league um our struggles are trying to and going back to what we were saying about evans earlier is trying to come up with a coherent effective model to compete 
against this irrationality, is how I would put it. And That's we can't complain about yeah. parachute payments, really. No. Can we? That's no. just I, what it is. No. And to be fair, those parachute payments are used to get rid of a lot of the the you know a lot of the misfits that we've just been talking about in the last hour yeah and mm. what good has it done norwich and villa frankly yeah. Um, yeah so maybe it is us at least it is this season mm. um final question from blue soap my wife has got a crush on benjamin and recently <laughs> fell in love with harry's accent richard what can you bring to the party i don't know if that's a question for me or a question for you harry i'm gonna I'm congratulations gonna on your accent what can uh, I bring to the party, yeah, though? The poor, poor man's Darrow Breen. Some cocktail sausages, maybe some cocktail. Scotch eggs. No way. You, I mean, Benjamin and his lustrous locks. No way. No. Um, I, it, what, what you've got is something that Ben and I probably haven't got in a million years, which is the ability to sort out any technical problem in a house that can humanly go wrong. I mean, I, you know, give me a technical problem, an electrical problem, and I will have the house on fire in 20 minutes. You know, whereas, Rich, you, I'm telling you, we, you, you know, you could just blow us away from that point of view. So uh, anyway, not, 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 plus a whole lot of other stuff as well. So, we'll, you know, if the, if the premise of the question is vaguely accurate, which it isn't in the first place anyway. So um, that's my view on it anyway, Rich. You know, you, you, you are to be profoundly envied, I would say. <laughs> Very kind of you. I'll bring to the party some. Uh, I bring some videos, um, some yep. music, um, yep. um, and unlike Benjamin, um, mm. you won't. Your wife won't be pulling hair out of the plug hole. Yeah, um, I'm not blessed in that yep. department, so that's a benefit. Yep. Um, but hopefully, I can bring a bit yep. of laugh and a bit of listening yep. as well. And one other thing, Rich, you will definitely bring is some fantastic technical wizardry for the live show, oh. which is coming up. That's, you know, we were oh, talking segue. about. Oh, segue. Absolutely. I was about to say, I can bring some hostage skills to the party, but I've just been out-hosted by Harry, which is good stuff. Um, yes, 16th of February, the um, tickets are, are selling like the proverbial hotcakes, and um, I think Ben's trying to see to confirm how much we need to sell before we max out. Um, so yeah. I think tickets are still on sale. Um, mm. We'll all be there. Stoke Ipswich in the afternoon. Um, there are some really good plans of brewing. Um, mm. Ben and I have got a bit of a tactic session. Um, we're meeting up for the Villa game. I'm holding his pencil case during the match, I think, on Saturday. Oh. Making sure that the, he doesn't get mobbed by his fans because we're in the home end. Um, solemn duty. But yeah, some, <laughs> uh, I've got some really great, hopefully really great video content. Um, mm. Great agenda. All the guys will be there. Harry, you'll be there too, won't you? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Um, we forward have our to it. So come and join us, please do. I know some of the guys, are, I think Daryl might be coming over from America. Some guy might be coming over from New York as well. We've I was on Twitter earlier, forgotten his name. Apologies for that. So mm. come and join us. It'll be a, a great laugh. Um, and hopefully we'll be celebrating a win as well. Um, <laughs> let's do some plugs before we say goodbye. Harry, um, your blog and your Twitter. Um, yeah, a blog goes up on TWTD at Friday lunchtime, and you can find it either on the homepage at TWTD or at Harry from Bath is my Twitter handle. Anything that I post up there or any any other stuff I write will usually be linked um, on the uh, at Harry from Bath on Twitter. Fantastic. Um, you can find um, all of our Blue Monday details on our Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC, including tickets for the 16th of February. And you can follow me at Ips Rich. Um, and I shall be back with Ben and another, maybe Mr. Diamond, maybe Mr. Statman, maybe Guinevere will throw up someone different instead. Um, <laughs> back on Sunday to talk about whatever happened at Villa. Um, and we will be back um, next week to talk Shepherd Wednesday, Harry. Indeed. Which may be Looking Steve Bruce's first game. 
It could well be, actually. It'll be interesting to see, having heard Villa's fans' thoughts on Bruce, which aren't too kind, it could be hilarious to see what the what the owls make of him. That could be really funny, actually. Um, anyway, have a great weekend, everyone. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.